0: The last pasuk in the Megillah reads, "Ki Mardukha Yehudi Mishne Lamelecha Achashverosh VeGadol because Mordechai the Yehudi was the viceroy to Achashverosh and the godal in Klal Yisrael. What is this pasuk doing here? It would have been more appropriate to complete the Megillah with the previous pasuk. This is the end of Megillah's Esther. For a full account and more information, it is recorded in the Chronicles of Mada and the pasuk of Ki Mordechai Yehudi seems out of place. Why does the Megillah conclude with this statement? So perhaps the pasuk is trying to answer an underlying question that permeates the entire story of the Megillah. When Mordechai insisted that they all of Klal Yisrael should fast for three days and three nights, why didn't the Eden respond, Mordechai, it was your refusal to bow down to Haman that was the impetus for Haman's evil decree. We were all willing to bow down. It was your defiance to the king's orders is what put us into this horrible predicament in the first place. So when one finishes reading the Megillah, he can be bothered with this difficult question. Fasting for three consecutive days is a great sacrifice. So, so when Mordechai declared the fast, why would all of Kla Yisrael go along with it? So the Megillah concludes with the answer. This pasik is an explanation to this question. Do you know why they didn't disobey his order? Because Mordechai was the God Hadar. And when a God says something, you listen, even if you don't understand it. Because when you listen to the advice of a tzaddik, when you follow the Torah, you never lose. And to illustrate this point, I'd like to share with you the incredible story of a young man by the name of Alex Clare. Alex grew up in southeast London to non observant parents. He loved music and he was determined to make music his career. A record label once heard his music and offered him a record deal. He was moving up, his music was becoming more popular, and at around that time, Alex started thinking about religion. But he didn't know anything about Yiddishkeit. He was raised in a secular home, he didn't even belong to a shul, he didn't live in a Jewish neighborhood. But he was willing to learn, he wanted to explore. So he took beginner classes, he learned the Aleph base. he learned how to read. His teachers introduced him to essential tefillahs. He loved the biblical stories, he was fascinated by the characters and the drama. He started to admire and to respect his rabbis, and they taught him the basics of Yiddishkeit. Then he started to daven every day, he even learned Chumash and Halacha. And before long, he was observing Shabbos. Record companies don't care about your religious beliefs as long as it doesn't interfere with their bottom line. They are all about selling music and making money. So the big day for the release of Alex's first album approached. The people at the record label were setting up promotional appearances and interviews for him. And for some reason, every appearance was scheduled for Friday night. And Alex said, no, I can't do it. And the record company said, you have your religious beliefs. We understand. We respect that. Fridays are no good. Okay, we'll work around that. One day they call him Alex, we have great news for you. You are going on tour with one of the biggest music stars. You will get lots of exposure and sell lots of albums. Tour starts April 7th. Alex hangs up the phone, looks at the calendar. April 7th? That's Pesach. Alex calls them back. Sorry, those dates won't work. It's Passover. They are the first days and their last days, plus the Shabbos and the intermediate days. I'll be off for 10 days. Sorry, I can't do it. His album was released. No radio play, virtually no interest. His career stalled. He needed to promote his album, but his commitment to Yiddishkeit was making that very difficult. The record company tried to find Alex more opportunities. Towards the end of the summer, Alex tells them... The high holidays are approaching. I can't work on Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur. They understood. Matsi Yom Kippur, Alex turns on his cell phone. There was a message. It was from the record label. Alex, we have great news. This will jumpstart your career. We lined up a big gig for you. A world tour. Starting in four days. Alex tells them, four days? That's Sukkot. I'm off for another ten days. Now they were at their wits' end. And the record company gave him the ultimatum. This is your last chance. Go on tour or it's over. If you can't make it, we're dropping you. Alex was distraught. All that work, all those years, all those dreams, gone. No more music career. He was blacklisted. His name was ruined. He needed chizik. So he went to talk to his rabbi. His rabbi tells him, You know Abraham, the biblical patriarch? Abraham Avinu had a moment like this too. He invested his entire life in a dream. He, he was an idealist. He was going to change the world. And then one day God told him, Sacrifice your son. Offer him up on the altar. Deny everything you believe. Give it all up. And Abraham was stuck. He knew he had to do it. He didn't have a choice. Abraham prepared to sacrifice his son. No more idealism. No more changing the world. He would forever be viewed as a fraud. No one would ever listen to him again. His dream was over. But what happened? In the end, Avrom didn't have to give up anything. And because he was willing to sacrifice everything, he created this future and the future of Karl Today, half of the planet believes his idea of monotheism. He succeeded not in spite of his sacrifice, but because of his sacrifice. Alex got the message. It was a powerful point. His career seemingly over, Alex flew to Israel, went to Yeshiva to concentrate on his learning. A few months went by and money was tight. He could not support himself, he couldn't pay his rent, and he owed the record company and his band hundreds of thousands of dollars. He was in great debt, but Alex remained strong. He kept the faith. Then one day, the phone rang. It was Microsoft. Alex, will you grant us permission to use your song titled, too close, in a commercial to launch the new version of Internet Explorer? And Alex said, sure, go ahead. The song was used as the soundtrack for an ad featuring Internet Explorer number nine. In March 2011, Microsoft launched a massive campaign. The ad was everywhere, and the song was everywhere. It was on TV, every radio station, online. It was played 24-7. You couldn't escape it. And people around the globe loved the song. They bought it on iTunes. They watched it on YouTube. It climbed the charts. Overnight, Alex became an international sensation. His album sold 6 million copies. The video had over 45 million views on YouTube. He was in demand. His career went from over to overdrive. He had fans all over the world. People wanted to hear him. He was a huge star. He had an Avrama Vino moment. Had Alex not listened to the guidance of his Rebbe and violated Shabbos and gone on that tour, he would have been exposed to 10,000 people in this city and another 15,000 in that city. But by observing Shabbos, in an instant, he became known to millions of people worldwide. This story is a testament that just like when kai Yisrael listened to Mordechai, you never lose by listening to Das Torah. And now we know. Have a wonderful day.